After the way Penn State almost came back against Purdue, it's really got me thinking that this team can go on a run in the NCAA tournament. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko, your host, and I am joined by a very special guest. Once again, it is Penn State Men's Basketball Insider for Penn State, Penn State's Com Radio, and that is Adam Sheets. Adam, what a Big Ten tournament was for the Nittany Lions. An unbelievable tournament, one that Penn State fans will never forget. You know, the second time in the championship game, made a great run in that championship game, had a shot to win it. Just a great tournament for Penn State, and they're moving on to the NCAA tournament. And this is something you look back, back in January after they had the 20-point loss to Rutgers, people tried to write them off, and now you look at them now, they're one of the hottest teams in the country and set to potentially make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, this is a Penn State team that's confidence is there, and as you said, what a run in the Big Ten tournament to get here and adam i'm glad you brought up rutgers because before we move any further with penn state (laughs) i just want to congratulate i just want to congratulate them congratulations to the scarlet knights on making the nit i wish them nothing but the best good luck i hope they do well they're a one seed too so i mean they they get some home games (laughs) oh i just just uh, when i saw that they were the final four out i was like that makes me so happy but more i am more happy that the nittany lions are in they are a 10 seed they're going to face texas a&m and we will have an episode coming on the way to preview that and the path that penn state has but i just that ferocious comeback from penn state against Purdue in the big 10 championship. I mean, this was a team that was down by 16 with six minutes to go in the second half against a very talented Purdue team. So I, I will own it. I was wrong uh, in the fact that Purdue uh, did win the big 10 tournament, but I, I have to say they did have one of the easier paths. You know, Penn state had to knock off Illinois had to knock off Northwestern, two of which were true road games, I might add. And then Indiana and then Purdue while they get to skate by with Rutgers and Ohio State without their two best players and Zed Key and Bryce Sensenbaugh. So it just and now that's what you get. That's what you earn when you win the regular season title. But besides the point, Penn State to come back all the way down to a point where you get the final shot. I know they didn't technically get the shot off because of the travel by Cam Winter and I think Zach Eady, the way Steve Jones described it, that he did get a piece of the basketball Mm -hmm, on the inbounds. Uh, But for Penn State to pull within two points and and go for the win, or at at the very least could have tried to tie it, uh, this is a team that I I know they're going to play some tough teams on their side and their regional uh, for the NCAA tournament, but I I think they really can go on a run from what they've showed in, in this Big Ten tournament. 
Yeah, I think they're arguably the scariest team in the NCAA tournament, just the way they've played. People have to watch out for this team. They hurt you in so many different ways. Jalen Pickett, his ability, he showed it really well in the Indiana game with 28 points and eight rebounds. He was sensational. And then the other guys who could really hurt you, Seth Lundy went absolutely ballistic in the second half of this game to help Penn State get back in it before he fouled out, had 17 second half points, finished with 19 points on the game. Cam Winter can hurt you with his ability to penetrate the defense. Andrew Funk, who had an off shooting day today against Purdue, shot the ball really well in Chicago for the most part. He's a guy, when he gets hot, you don't want to play with him. Miles Dredd, I mean, his ability to knock down shots, he had a couple big ones today. And just the amount of guys that can hurt you and how versatile this team is, you won't want to see him. The Big Ten finally probably happy to see Penn State just get to the NCAA tournament. They won't have to see them unless Penn State does make a run and they meet them somewhere in the Sweet 16 or Elite 8, you know, somewhere down the line. But, you know, Penn State, they were right there with all the best teams in the Big Ten. And as you said, they're a team that's definitely dangerous once they get into this NCAA tournament. So, Adam, what ultimately did we learn about this Penn State team? Because uh, for me, my biggest takeaway was the fact that they can handle the teams that on paper they don't match up well with. Okay, I know know Purdue controlled from start to finish, but the fact that Penn State was able to erase because this is what you need. You need to be able to erase deficits. And at 16 points with six minutes to go, I didn't think Penn State could do it. I really did count them out. And I said, well, you know, they had a nice run. Uh, And then. You know, listening to Steve Jones's call is much better than than watching it. And it's no disrespect to Jim Nance or any of them at CBS because they do a, a great job. And I know they will with these tournament games. Uh, but the way that Penn State was able to just continue to find and expose the weaknesses of Purdue, that's good coaching. That is good execution for the way that you have to do it back to back to back to back. And what that tells me about this team is that they are des- They are a tournament type of team. There's two different types of teams. Teams that are really good in the regular season, they know how to play a 30-plus game schedule. And then the teams that, honestly, their best basketball comes when they're playing in a two-week window of back-to-back-to-back games. <laughs> I know in the case of the Big Ten tournament, it was all in one week here. But that's... That's an indicator more for me that the Nittany Lions are just they're destined for March as opposed to trying to play the long game of of 35 games that they played at this point. Yeah, I mean, they're a team that I think one of the best things they have with Micah Shrewsbury and how good of a coach he is, they have the ability to have that quick turnaround and immediately be ready for that next opponent. Obviously, you have to win that first game because it's more like a regular season game for that first tournament game you'll play in the first game if you somehow get to the Sweet 16 with the week to prepare. But then that quick turnaround from Thursday to Saturday, you have a coaching staff that knows how to do it, that's really good at it, getting you ready for that next game. And I think one of the big things we learned from this team is Kevin Jai is a player that's really grown up throughout yeah. the season, and he's now a player on this team, not just a guy who's playing because he's 6'10 and a big body. He really helped this team, made some great plays. Zach Eady had his way, but Kevin Jai made it hard, made it really difficult for him when he was in there. Played really good against Trace Jackson Davis the day before in this on Saturday in the semifinal game. So he's a guy that's really helping this team now, not just being there as a big body, really starting to hurt, scoring buckets, catching the ball, getting the dunks around the lane. Offensive rebound something he was able to help with. This is a team that was really bad at offensive rebounding. He's starting to help that by himself, really getting on the Mm -hmm. glass, really fighting for those boards. So I think he's a guy now you look at it as a freshman, he's really starting to grow, play like a mature player on this team and really helping them along with all that senior leadership. And they're going to be really dangerous if he continues to grow for that game on Thursday in the NCAA tournament. 
It is locked on Nittany Lions. More reactions from this Big Ten tournament finale and just the run that the Nittany Lions put together. But first, a word from one of our sponsors of today's episode, and that is Built. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to try a Built Bar. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise all the taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try a Built Bar. With Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bar so good, you might ask? Well, for starters, they're covering 100% real chocolate. That is right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably tasty flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't have to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. And now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. Grab your bracket and go listen to Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown with national analysis and the insights from our local experts. The Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown is everything you need to know to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And thanks so much for helping Lockdown Nittany Lions surpass 900 subscribers on YouTube. He's Adam Sheets over on the other side, Penn State Men's Basketball Insider. Penn State comes up short against Purdue, 67 to 65. But man, uh, what an incredible comeback. Uh, so the reason Penn State was able to do what it did against Purdue is because Micah Shrewsbury at least knows for this edition of Purdue basketball. I mean, it, it, it Part of it has to do with the fact that Matt Painter, uh, he's a protege of Matt Painter. He coached under him as an assistant. But at least for this group, this team does not handle the full court press well. And, and it was on full display. And that's something that really might bite them in the NCAA tournament. But Adam, how was Penn State able to expose and, and do something that we didn't really see a lot of full court press against anybody else? Just the just the Boilermakers. Um, I, I think you kind of hit it. It was that two-two-one press they went to because they had to switch to zone. They had no answer for Zach Eady in in the middle, and not many teams will have an answer for Zach Eady at seven four. His ability to get position and hit those hook shots. Uh, but Penn State was able to go to a full court press and go small. We saw both these teams going offense defense substitutions with like five minutes to go in mm -hmm. the game. Zach Eady coming in and out, Keba Jai coming in and out to match them. So Penn, that really changed the way this game was played. And as you said. Purdue has not handled the press defense well all season, and Penn State was able to expose that. They have some young guards back there, and Penn State was able to run these traps. Very athletic. They got hurt when Seth Lundy had to foul out of the game on a reach on I believe he reached on Fletcher Lawyer, and that's what got him out of the game. But Evan Mahaffey came in as a freshman, great athlete, and was able to wreak havoc up front, forced a steal underneath the basket on a tough pass. Cam Winter was able to lay it in to get it as close as it ever got. It was a one-point game. Uh, but Penn State, they just kept fighting. I think that's the big thing they were able to do. That full-court press, as you said, really has hurt Purdue a lot this year. And if Penn State wasn't on their fourth game in four days, maybe they switched to that earlier. Obviously, legs were going to be an issue, and Penn State might have not been able to run that for a majority 
majority of the game. But as you said, just a great run by Penn State. They were able to fight their way back and prove this team's not going to quit in any situation. They had every right. They had already clinched right. their spot in the NCAA tournament. You're down 17 late in the second half. It's like, ah, oh, you know, we can just lay down and let Purdue take this one. They beat us. But this team fought their way back and gave themselves a chance to win it in the end. So, I mean, this is a Penn State team. We've said it all year. They're going to fight. They've had a lot of chances to lay down, and they continue to claw and scratch their way into the NCAA tournament. And that's why they're a team that no one's going to want to see when they get to the NCAA tournament. And I would say certain teams, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. because just I know Zach Eady was going to get his at the end of the day, but 30 points and 13 rebounds is is a little concerning because I think of teams like I know at least – just because we know the brackets out and where teams are slotted, but thank goodness Penn state doesn't have to face a team like Creighton who has that same kind of tall athletic big man that, okay, Zach Eady isn't speedy and he's not going to run up and down the floor. He needed to come on and off the court frequently. And Matt Painter did a good job of scheming that, but for Penn state, those athletic big men that are seven foot plus, I just think of a team like oral Roberts and I, and I know they're a double digit seat as well, but I, in, in that case, it, it just it's concerning for me if Penn State would run into a team with an athletic big that is seven foot plus that, that can run the floor. They just wouldn't be able to handle it here. So for me, it is concerning with the way that Zach Eady was able to mm-hmm. feast in this one. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a concern because he, he's had his way against Penn State a lot this year. And Trace Jackson Davis, even though they weren't able to win, Trace Jackson Davis had a really good game when they played him when they played Indiana on Saturday. And they're going to face that. Marble's a really good, different type of big for Texas A&M, who Penn State plays in the first round. It's going to be an interesting matchup there, how they handle them. I said that's why it's important for Keba Jai and the emergence he's had. He makes it a little better for this team because he can take some of those one-on-one matchups and do some things with them. So, but as you said, athletic bigs, you know, the size is ob- obviously going to be a problem. Good thing Duke's on the complete other side. You did not want to face Derek Lively and Kyle Filipowski. Together. Two very good bigs. I mean, they're together. That's the Twin Towers, and Penn State would have had a lot of problem with them. They're on the complete other side. They'll avoid Duke. Uh, but that's going to be Penn State's Achilles heel, and hopefully they'll be able to overcome that. They've come close. They overcame it against Indiana, two points away from overcoming it against Purdue. So it's just going to be about fighting those ways and making those non factors and maybe they're shooting carrying the way in the most part in some of these games well and and penn state at least improved on the mistakes that we were harping on in in other live episodes right uh we didn't get the chance to recap indiana but uh recapping illinois and northwestern the the biggest concerns were well penn state is missing its free throws it's missing the easy ones and then it's turning the ball over too much and in my opinion, against better defensive teams. And now I know Northwestern's really good. That's different. That's the name of the game. But uh, Illinois and uh, Indiana, the fact that Purdue was probably the best of the three in terms of defense uh, didn't limit Penn State in the way that you think they would have. Yeah, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with the way these teams play defense on Penn State. A lot of them have really good defensive backcourts. That's really not Purdue. They have Ethan Morton and Brandon Newman, who are two really good defenders. But Braden Smith's a little undersized at six foot. Fletcher Lawyer's not a great, great defender. He's on the floor for his shooting ability. Uh, So they weren't able to really affect these Penn State guards. And they were kind of forcing them inside, just making them take tough shots around the rim and trying to get rebounds. And that's why Penn State did not turn the ball over. And I think you hit on the big thing. Free throws were completely different. 
different in the Indiana and Purdue yeah. game compared to the Northwestern and Illinois game for Penn State. They were really knocking them down. That's what helped carry the day. They took a lot of free throws against Indiana, missed a couple late. They started out really, really good, made their first 18, and then missed a few late that allowed Indiana an opportunity to maybe tie that game late. Uh, but the free throws were definitely fixed, looked more like the team we saw earlier in the year from the foul line, and that's going to be huge because when you get in these March Madness games, you got if it's close, you got to be able to knock down your free throws and protect the basketball and Penn State through those last two games really showed they have the ability to protect the ball and knock down those foul shots. Final segment of Locked on Nittany Lions is on the way where we're going to have an instant reaction here as they are facing Texas A&M in the opening round of 7-10 matchup as Penn State is a 10 seed uh, in the NCAA tournament. But a word from our sponsor, and that is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat. First bet up to, that is right, $1,000. $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on all your favorite NBA bets, the spread, money line, total, plus player props like points, rebounds, assists, and so many other exclusive bets like the two-by-three. Two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes, plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Final segment of Locked on Nittany Lines, this live edition. And we do have some, that's why we do the live episodes, Adam, here. So let's go to the comments perfectly because we are going to talk about Texas A&M in this final segment. And we have Tyler who says, I think Penn State can handle A&M. All right. I, let's begin there. The Aggies. This is kind of an instant reaction. My instant reaction was... Uh, oh boy, I, I don't know that I, I like this just because I've watched Texas A&M play. Uh, they are big, they are defensive, uh, they've beaten teams, uh, essentially better versions of, of Penn State and their philosophy, right? They, I know they lost to Alabama in the SEC championship, but not too long ago, they beat the same mm -hmm. Crimson Tide team. So, uh, and then Texas, I, I don't want to get into Texas right here, uh, but just to go from the Aggies to the Longhorns, I mean, that's just really tough for where Penn State is. So personally, I was hoping for a St. Mary's and, and ultimately because I thought they would easily just blow past St. Mary's. But here we are, Adam, uh, your instant reaction for Texas A&M. Well, I mean, I was sitting there watching the bracket, and I remember in 2011 when they made it, you saw Temple pop up as the seven seed. Everyone like, up they're playing Temple. We all know they're playing Temple. I, when mm -hmm. I saw Texas A&M pop, I'm like, oh, they're playing Texas A&M. And I was like, you, I was like, ugh, that's scary because Texas A&M has been great. They won 17 games in the SEC, had a really mm -hmm. good record. They are about a five seed disguising as a seven seed right now. They were underseeded by the committee, and that kind of hurts Penn State being a 10 seed, having to play that team who's been really good all season. We're in the SEC championship. These are two teams that are very hot. They made their run in their tournament same way Penn State did 
playing one less game. They got the double buy in the SEC. Penn State obviously only got the single buy in the Big Ten. So it's going to be a very tough matchup for Penn State. But, I mean, they are used to this, you know, judging by their run in the Big Ten tournament. They went through Illinois as a seven seed in the Big Ten. They're an eight seed in the NCAA tournament. They went through Northwestern, who's a seven seed. And then they went through Indiana and, and had to play Purdue in the Big Ten championship before falling by two. So they're a team that's used to having to play tough matchups, and they knew it wasn't going to be easy. I think they're a team that it's the same story. If they knock down their shots, they protect the ball, and Jalen Pickett's Jalen Pickett. I think they're going to have a lot of success, but it's definitely not going to be easy. This is a very good Texas A&M team to watch out for. Tyler, thanks for the follow-up. Texas is going to be tough in the 16. Yeah, yes, they are yeah, in the uh, round of 32 um, mm-hmm. if Penn State wants to get to the Sweet 16. And I, and I have to agree with R. Uh, did we get shafted by being matched up with Texas A&M, who was underseeded? The, the, the short answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, because, Adam, you put it best. Uh, Texas A&M, who was ranked in the top 25, is somehow a seven seed. And they, they beat... Tennessee, their worst loss was to Kentucky. They beat Alabama. Now, granted, that was at Texas A&M. I just... I, I would I was expecting the Aggies to be more in line for a four seed as opposed to a five as opposed to what you mentioned a five seed but I thought they were in line for somewhere around there so that I was hoping for a St. Mary's I know that I've said Creighton uh, quite a bit some team to avoid but I feel like Penn State uh, almost played its way out of a more favorable matchup since they are now a 10 seed I think they could have actually gotten some better opening round matchups as an 11 seed if you can believe mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I mean, they, they could have. I mean, there's always a chance if they're the 11 seed, they might have ended up in taking Providence's spot and playing Kentucky, which, again, wouldn't have been an easy matchup for Penn State nope. either. Uh, but as you said, Texas A&M, I mean, they're a great team. They kind of got punished for a weaker non-conference schedule. And I, I, I was saying immediately, I'm like, yeah, Texas A&M gets punished for their weak non-conference schedule. They're a seven seed. So Penn State really gets punished as well for Texas A&M having a weak non-conference schedule because they're going to play such a good team in the first round. It's going to be hard. You know, this is a Penn State team. As we said, they were a team that was probably going to have to play in Dayton. They played their way all the way up to a 10 seed in playing Texas A&M. So they played their way into this spot. They're one of the hottest teams in the country. All the games they've won over the last few weeks, they got to feel comfortable going into this. They're a confident team, which is huge when you rely on the three-point shot as much as Penn State does. You need that confidence. I think they're going to go, and they're going to play with that same confidence. I think they would have lined up whoever they were playing. They were going to play hard and play the way they're able to play. So, you know, it's a little tough. You know, it's a little upset as a fan that you're like oh we got to play texas a&m such a good team but for this team it's same old same old for penn state they're going to play one game at a time one and no mentality the way coach shrewsbury said it for a while now and they're going to be ready to go when they play texas a&m in des moines iowa late game too, 955 for all of us over here on the east coast yeah and here's something else i want to add in here as we wrap up the live episode adam is the fact that i think penn state should have actually been a nine seed uh, mm-hmm. the fact that you beat Illinois three times and they're ranked higher than you in the NCAA tournament that uh, let's now, I, I won't take anything away from Florida Atlantic FAU because they think that what they lost all of three games. this yeah, season. And three. <laughs> so that's, that's hard to argue there, but then there's West Virginia. And I know West Virginia's schedule was very difficult because they're in the big 12, but this was a team that was 19 and 13 and got knocked out early in the big 12 
whereas Penn State in the Big 12 tournament, whereas Penn State made it all the way to the championship, lost by two points. They beat Illinois three times, and somehow Penn State's a double-digit seed here. So I'm not understanding the committee's logic here. I, I know it's I'm splitting hairs, but it does matter in terms of matchups where Penn State is somehow a 10 seed when Illinois, West Virginia are nine seeds. And I don't I FAU should honestly be an eight or a seven. Yeah, I mean, FAU, I mean, they belong up there. They probably should be higher as well with the way they've played this year. Illinois, I think they're riding that win against Texas they had back in December. I think that win just continues to look better. So I think maybe that carried the day a little bit more than Penn State's three wins over Illinois. And then when we're looking at West Virginia, they really value the Big 12. I think, you know, they were top to bottom, maybe the best conference in college basketball. Them and the Big 10 were right there with each other, top to bottom. They have a lot of really good teams. Kansas is really good. Texas, we've already mentioned they'll be the two seed that Penn State's trying to play maybe to play them Texas plays Colgate uh but the Big 12s was really good Oklahoma State got left out which I think is weird especially since you put West Mm -hmm. Virginia as a nine you're really even bolstering that even more and you leave Oklahoma State out but they just really valued the Big 12 I think they showed that in all those quad one games and strength of schedule that West Virginia had to go through probably carried the day over Penn State who didn't have a lot of great non-conference wins Furman was their best non-conference win they lost the game to Virginia Tech they lost the game to Clemson which might have maybe hurt this team a little bit looking at that out of conference schedule thanks again for making locked on Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day make sure you check out locked on college basketball because the NCAA tournaments are here both the men's and the women's brackets are out go fill them out and you can check out locked on college basketball for all of that and more everything you need to know about college basketball in one place plus you get to hear from big name experts insiders players and coaches that is locked on college basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast Adam we got a preview a full-on preview rather than just an instant reaction to Texas A&M where we'll talk about the Nittany Lions the Aggies and the route that Penn State would have to have if they were somehow to pull off that Cinderella run and through the NCAA tournament. And based on the logic, if Illinois gets beat by Penn State three times and the Fighting Illini beat Texas, so maybe we shouldn't be so worried about that uh, potential Texas matchup in the round of 32. But Adam, thanks so much again for your time. Where can people keep up with your personal work? At Cheats Adam on Twitter, a lot of contact coming out from Com Radio as Penn State gets ready for their matchup with Texas A&M in the round of 64. Looking forward to all of it, Adam. You do fantastic work uh, with Com Radio at Penn State, and I can't wait for our next conversation. As Penn State keeps, you know, keeps playing well, so uh, here's to more preview episodes uh, as long as they keep on winning. Yep, let's hope we get to talk more, Zach. Always a pleasure.